Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word, life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something else. Mark and Sarah talk about songs Talk about songs Talk about songs And we frequently go crazy while doing it. Welcome to Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, episode 210. I'm your co-host, Sarah D. Bunting, and I'm here, as always, with the purple-tastic Mark Blankenship. Hello, Mark. Sarah, is it warm enough? Is the water warm? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mark's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sarah D for those there, of you who ha- <laughs> for those of you who haven't already clocked what's going on based on the 900 clues that we've dropped this is in fact the episode where we will be ranking every single song on the Purple Rain soundtrack as performed by Prince and the Revolution. Now, this is a an album that many people who listen to the show have asked us to cover, most notably super fan Emily Giordamo, who has been waging, I would say, a years-long campaign, Sarah, <laughs> to have us cover this album. Uh-huh. And for those of you who are new to our ranking episodes, let me break down what's going to happen. We're going to talk about every song on the album in chronological order, and we're going to give each song a numerical value on a scale from one to nine, because there are nine songs on the album. Sarah's favorite song will be in first place and get nine points. Her least favorite song will be in ninth place and get one point, and so on. I will do the same thing with my rankings, and our patrons at Patreon were invited to vote for their favorites, and their rankings will also be revealed, so that all three will combine to help us determine the ultimate enforceable by law, mm-hmm. perpetual for the rest of time rankings of the songs on this album. Yeah, I would say it becomes black letter law, but in this case, I think it becomes purple letter law. Purple letter law, that's right. And just a final reminder, if you would like to join us for rankings of later albums, because we do these every 10 episodes, we would love to have you join us as a patron at patreon.com slash Mastis. The next now, ranking episode is Carol King's Tapestry. If that is of particular interest to you, you may want to get on board immediately. Oh, and actually, also on the 215, we're going to be ranking something that's a little bit naughty that you can participate in. I remember now. <laughs> so that's right. We'll, we'll, we'll say more about that later. So give yourself no. a hand and, <laughs> and, and try not to go blind. Uh. <laughs> or you turn know, Japanese. Whatever. Okay. So, Sarah, let's let's start with some context for the Purple Rain soundtrack. Um I I would say, correct me if you think I'm wrong here, but I would say that if you were cognizant of music in 84, 85, 86, the question was not will you hear a song from Purple Rain today? It's when will you hear it and how many times? And which ones and in what order? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like hard to overstate how dominant this album was. I mean, yes, Thriller was a dominant album. Like a Virgin was a dominant album. But right there with it was Purple Rain. Like I, I didn't I didn't see the movie Purple Rain until I was out of college and I watched it 
on a field in Atlanta where it was being projected on a big screen and I was drinking hard lemonade, which I know for a fact because I have pictures of it. But even without having seen that movie, I knew so many of these songs. What what was your experience with the movie, with the soundtrack? I didn't see the movie until years later. Um, it is frequently rerun, like in the on Sunday afternoon on um, like VH1. I think BET ran it just the other night as we're recording this. Um, here's how uh, ubiquitous this soundtrack was. In 1984, I was 11 years old. I was in the seventh grade. The DJ who played all of our middle school dances and basically every dance and wedding in Union County, New Jersey. Uh, he was like the one. He, he was. was. The one. I could not remember. Um, happy hour participants might remember that I was trying to pull the name uh, in our last happy hour and could not. Uh, I believe it's DJ Crazy Cat. He <laughs> looked neither crazy nor cat like. He was just this schleppy looking Jeff <laughs> from I don't even know where Fanwood. Um, Did you just say he was a schleppy looking Jeff? Yeah, <laughs> you could, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Like I do. the black roadie jeans, big belly, balding. Yes, but he of... calls himself DJ Crazy Cat. And you're like, okay, Todd. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Herb, is it? Anyway, <laughs> he he would play most of the singles from this album it like at middle school dances at a girl's fucking school like this is not appropriate music for seventh graders this is not appropriate music for 17th graders this is grown up pot smoking cognac drinking bareback fucking music that yeah and also sometimes it can be a little hard to dance to like in any way much less with clothing on but there we would all be trying to bug out to uh i don't even know like when doves not when doves cry but like i would die for you like right it it's just not i mean look prince was and remains a genius but i just feel like this is absolutely one of those um artists that like this should this is not for this is not for kids and there are a lot of songs from that era that like you go back and you're like oh my god i can't believe we used to have sing-alongs to this in carpool mrs canner must have just been cringing like oh my god virgins you have no idea what you're saying well and as we'll get to later on in this episode children singing along to some of the songs on this album materially changed the music industry uh because yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe you shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. But but this but this is one of those artists where like even though we had no words for what was happening, we could sense the horny danger of this music <laughs> and that like there was something not illicit but like oh, like that we've we've stumbled upon something that, like we're in a we're in a part of the map that we don't we don't know um i feel like we knew I it was feel awesome like if you were to ever release a unisex fragrance the tagline should be bunting sense the horny danger <laughs> <laughs> and then the commercial is just like a pair of panties dropping in slow-mo to the ground <laughs> <laughs> oh no okay in honor of your middle initial and us the name of your fragrance is 
The D, the D. by Bunting. Since the horny danger. <laughs> what does the D and stand the for? Find it. Let's find out. Oh my god. All right. We should start talking about the actual music, probably, yes. right? Um, so here's so here's yeah. just a few chart facts to also set us up. Um this was the album that made Prince a superstar, hands down. The movie Purple Rain actually made money, and Prince won an Oscar for song score, which was this briefly awarded Oscar for a collection of songs. He won an Oscar for this album, basically. Amazing. The album itself was number one for 24 consecutive weeks. That is a long fucking that is time. half a year, basically. Yep. It's even a little bit... Like, it, it, it's it's a crazy amount of time. Uh, the, there were four songs on this album that reached the top ten. We'll get into that later. And it's been certified 13 times platinum in the United States alone. So, Purple Rain, you've earned your stripes. Um, now, one of those songs that was a huge hit is the very first song on the album. This song did reach number one in the United States. And uh, if you can hear the garbage truck that's going by outside, I do apologize, Prince, to your benevolent ghost. Um, so... This is Let's Go Crazy. It is the, again, first track and second single from the album, a number one hit. Um, let's hear a clip. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one. Doctor, everything will be all right. Someone in my class, I think, tried to get that line onto her yearbook page as the quote and was denied. <laughs> like, it's so innocuous for him. And yet, like, the librarian who was the yearbook advisor was like, eh, eh. like, <laughs> bless your heart, Mrs. McPherson. She was like, uh, no. Um, it is hard. This one is pretty fun to dance to. And you can do like a whole interpretive thing at the beginning. Um, it's also pretty crazy to roller skate to because there's this like yes. prayerful lull at the beginning and then it just goes completely apeshit. And I am not the karaoke fan that one might expect from such a um, close colleague of Mr. Mark Blankenship, but <laughs> watching people throw themselves at this song in karaoke is one of the funnest experiences of being human, I believe. Uh, this song, I think, is an excellent exemplar of what a just almost indescribably huge talent and intellect musically Prince was. Um, there is so much going on here. There are so many moods that he combines effortlessly. The guitar, like, I am pregnant with a litter of little princes and princesses. <laughs> right now <laughs> he which and that's what he's going for and he i mean he just has this way of being in his own music that is both like really humpy but also like fun and a little sarcastic 
and smug about how great he is at guitar. And I, and, 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 I mean, this is like, this is a desert island song for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just like stunned all over again every time I hear the song at, at all the worlds in it. And, you know, sorry to bum everyone out with uh, early spoilers, but this is my number one song and it was not close. Hey! So that's first place and nine big points. Fucking A, as it were. (laughs) One of the... So I want to just take a minute to talk about the lyrics to this song because they're so insane. And I think that you have to be as confident as Prince to write some of the lyrics that are in this song. Yeah. Uh, In the chorus, for instance, let's look for the purple banana until they put us in the truck. Let's go. (laughs) And yet (laughs) it takes a minute before you're like, wait, what? Like it it coheres. It's like Prince logic that you're like, "Uh, yeah, yeah." exactly. I basically know what's happening here. You know what? Don't fight it. I also want to stress that it is not, are we going to let the elevator bring us down? It's, are we going to let D hyphen elevator bring us down? D elevator, meaning the devil. Like this is a term that Prince has created for the devil. He, the devil is the D elevator. And I just think like the fact that it's not just the elevator, but is in fact D elevator, a nonsense word. Okay, Prince, you know what? I'm moving my feet so aggressively right now that I can't even, I don't, I can't argue with you. <laughs> well, and I, I think that that's, I mean, I don't know as much about Prince as I frankly should, but uh, I, I feel like there is a um, Judeo-Christian symbology going through all of his music that is um, like stu- studied and not in that, like, yes. pr- not in the sense of like it being pretentious, but in the sense of it coming from. De- like it's depth of fields basically he knows what he's talking about in these images so well prince was a jehovah's witness and his combination of sex and religion is deeply earned like yeah you just said yep. like yep. yep well and as well there are later songs on here that are just explicitly about christ um that also have a dope beat and i didn't understand that they were until i was doing the research for this episode and now i'm like oh right yeah. Now, the fact that Prince also is part of that long lineage of people who like to, in pop music, mingle himself with the image of Christ and God. And it's like, I'm kind of God, too. It's like, OK, boo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, Sarah, for me, this is a song that I had to I, d- I had to make the conscious decision to try to listen to it with fresh ears because I've heard it so much like the the, the words dearly beloved. I mean, that's all you have to say. Yeah. You know exactly what we are. Yeah. Dearly beloved. But uh, I will say that as I was listening to this album, I listened to it many times because it's a great album uh, in preparation for this episode. I was walking home from Whole Foods and this song was playing. With an eggplant. (laughs) Say what? With an eggplant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) With an eggplant and a purple banana. And I don't even know. (laughs) Um, But this, the beat kicked in as I was walking across an intersection and somehow it was like my brain heard it an, afresh. And I was like, oh, shit. I was basically doing a little shuffle step in the in the street. Yes. And this song also, when I think about Emilio Estevez doing the Breakfast Club kick dance, if you know what I mean? Yes, that like absolutely. Kick dance. 
this is the song that is the music for that dance to me. Yeah. All of which is to say, I rediscovered my joy for this song, and yet, Sarah, this is such a good album that I could only put this song in fifth place. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I should say that, like, you know, someone has to be ninth, but I would not, like, I wasn't mad at any of the songs. Yeah, exactly. I was confused at times, but I wasn't (laughs) mad. Um, But yeah, for me, I think it's just ultimately, it's just the, the, I think at the end of the day, I can't not have heard this song 5,000 times. And therefore, for me, it can only be fifth. But I still love it and was dancing in the street. Literally, Martha and the Vandellas instructed me to, and I did. Yeah, I mean, Um, sometimes there's like this, sometimes with these album rankings, it just like, I end up being the basic bitch who puts all the singles at the top. Will that happen? Listener, (laughs) stick around. (laughs) Well, you know what? I will say that there are reasons that in an album where every song is at least good, the singles are chosen to be the representatives because they're very good. Yeah. The uh, the patrons, by the way, also agreed with you, and they put this in first place as well. So mm, that's okay. nine points from the patrons, nine points from you, and five points from me for putting this song in fifth. Strong start. Now, yeah, strong start. Next, we get the one time that Apollonia, as a singer, made any kind of impact on the world with the song Take Me With You. And, of course, that's the letter U, not the mm. Y-O-U, just the letter U. Don't forget who we're dealing with here. <laughs> I was just um, going to say. This was the fifth and final single from the album, and it didn't chart as high because at that point, everybody owned the album. Who needs to buy the single? Right. Um, I don't think that we have a clip of this one. We don't. So for me, Sarah, this song is, like you said a second ago, I'm not mad at this song, but this song commits the sin on this album of just being good. It's not great. It's just good. If you know, for me at least, it's like, yeah, on any other album, this would probably be in the top 10% of the songs. But for me here, it's like, I'm not mad at this song. Of course, I, I enjoy it. It's got a good little beat, and Apollonia's like braying donkey-style vocal actually kind of works. Um, but I can't say that I love it with passion, and so therefore, for me, it is an eighth place, two points. I am surprised to hear you say that this was released as a single, because I'm pretty sure I'd never heard it before prepping this album (laughs) Um, in the beginning it sounds like the overture to a lesser Andrew Lloyd Webber show which is (laughs) from Prince like at least it's intriguing Uh, but like the the trademark sort of the horny danger is not really present this seems like something that he would have wrote and given to Mariah Carey 10 years down the line Mm -hmm. um it just felt a little like it, you know, you can tell it's him, but it just felt a little off brand. Um, with that said, like if someone was like, I'd like to listen to it again in your presence, I wouldn't storm out of the room. Right. Exactly. But it's just like every other song I liked more. So this is my last place song. One point. Uh, sorry, Apollonia. Put your put your top on and don't go in the lake. Well, look, um, I actually liked Action Jackson, but <laughs> hey, we're not we're not um, here to talk about Carl Weathers. We're here to talk about Prince. Unless on a deeper wave, we're always here to talk about Carl Weathers. I mean, we can be. be. 
So the patrons pretty much agreed with us, Sarah. They put this in seventh place, giving it three points. So oh, that's okay. uh, seventh from them, eighth from me, ninth place from you. Um, I don't think we're going to see Take Me With You on the podium at the end, but uh, who knows? Well, it'll be on a podium. It'll be on the D-elevator podium. Yeah. <laughs> don't let the D-elevator take this single down. Oh, wait, it did. <laughs> uh. So, Sarah, how do you feel about the... I, I don't even think that you have to try to sense the horny danger in the beautiful ones. I just think it's right there in your face. Uh, it is. It is a purple banana right in your face. Um, This song is like, this song is one of those Prince songs that you're like, I see what you're trying to do, but I don't love it. Like, I like that the weird sort of register changes happening at the beginning are disorienting the listener and in a way that like paralyzes her to listen to it further. Um, I like that it's so overwrought that it like hangs together somehow, but yes, it's also a lot of ideas. And he, at this point in his career, I would say was not as good at like, you know, this is me and my Nina Garcia pose with a giant <laughs> ring on holding my note cards and being like, you must learn to edit. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's just kind of overstuffed, but it was like intriguing. I was not bored. Um, I wasn't thrilled though. So this is my eighth place song with two points. Well, I can tell you that the patrons agreed with you. They also put this song in eighth place. And yeah, I, I feel like many of the songs on this album are long. Long songs on this album. And the last like 85 seconds of The Beautiful Ones is really interesting when he's like just hollering. And I feel like we don't often remember that Prince is a very gifted singer. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we forget, but we often focus on him as an instrumentalist. But he was a great singer, too. And it's very evident in the last bit of The Beautiful Ones that he is. But I agree with you. It just... There's so much other stuff that happens before we get there, and there's a formlessness to it that it's hard for me to pay attention to this song for the entire six minutes of its running time. I can come in and out, but this song doesn't hold my attention in its entirety. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think there's always, like, you can almost never look at a Prince song and be like, he had no plan. Like, he always has a plan. It might not work out. He maybe should execute faster, but there's always a plan. I just think there were, like, too many plans in this one. Yes, I agree. So you and the patrons both put this in eighth place, and I put it in seventh place and gave it three points, largely because of that last vocal run that I find so impressive. Mm -hmm. That bumped it up just a scooch for me. Now, when we started this episode, I made... uh, a poor attempt to quote the beginning of the song Computer Blue, in which Wendy and Lisa have some sort of vaguely robotic lesbian conversation about getting in the tub together. <laughs> <laughs> Who amongst us? Yeah, I know. Seriously. And, you know, I learned that it, just a few years ago, Wendy and Lisa officially came out and acknowledged that they actually had been together for quite some time yeah. uh, during this period. So get it, girls. Yeah. Um, but for me, Sarah, Computer Blue. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Oh, no. I learned in my research that there were several verses that were cut from the song in which Wendy and Lisa were going to intone 
in some sort of robotic monologue all of the reasons that the prince character was keeping himself like a computer and therefore cut off from love okay but, you know those verses aren't in the song so you can't really judge a song based on what was one time there but then got cut so to me this song actually does feel unfinished and learning that they were missing verses made sense to me because it's like a little bit of singing and then five and a half hours of of instrumental noodling this is the only song for me on this album that i would consider skippable and therefore it is in my ninth place position one point i am not surprised to hear that i am surprised to report that i don't agree oh this yes if you played any 10 seconds of this for anyone of any age um or language or background and asked them what what year <laughs> from what year's loins did this issue <laughs> it is unmistakably 1984 unmistakable um this belonged on the electric dream soundtrack and not the purple rain soundtrack she says with t- authority sorry <laughs> don't get up i'll fire myself hey brit um but like this i heard the song and like it stayed near the top and then only floated down to kind of the middle. Like everything that you say is true. It does sound unfinished. I think a lot of um, pop culture's internal commentary about the emotional dangers of the, of the, of personal computing have not (laughs) aged well. Um, it's but, like all those Law and Order episodes where the reason that they died is that they used the internet. Yes, I found it on the <laughs> World Wide Web. <laughs> on my Be Friends page. <laughs> oh, face place. Um, so, <laughs> I looked at I I looked it up on Yeehaw and, and I got a hundred results. <laughs> <laughs> you can only look up country music lyrics. And it's actually like, it's not even a computer. It's like Marty Stewart goes to his encyclopedia. (laughs) Ascot firmly tied. Oh, God. Um, I love him so much. Um, But speaking of guys who wear high collars, I mean, but the guitar, like, I I didn't think it was all that noodly. And I just think the git is so sick on this song. Um, It is undisciplined this is again a few too many ideas that i think it needed another polish but it's my number six song four points whoa you know what listen i respect that this is the this is one of the reasons these episodes are so fun we never know where the journey will take us well Um, we might we're about to visit a hotel (laughs) lobby for instance (laughs) (laughs) But I will say that the patrons agreed with me and they put Computer Blue in ninth place. In fact, Mm. there were hundreds of votes on this poll to rank the songs. And (laughs) of the hundreds of votes, only one solitary vote was given to Computer Blue. It was not me, by the way. I don't (laughs) vote in these, or I try not to. (laughs) So if you are listening to this and you are the one person who cast a vote for Computer Blue, because we have anonymous balloting, our results cannot be contested by the Republican Party. No. Um, we see you and honor you, but still the song is in last place. Like the Republican <laughs> Party would even know we existed. I hope they don't. <laughs> Seriously. So you you were making an allusion, I believe, to the song that's coming up next? I was, and I believe that we have a clip that you pulled. Do you want to hear that first, or shall we talk about 
Darling Nikki's context first. Uh, let's just dive right in. Here is a little clip from Darling Nikki. Oh, damn. Now, I am actually impregnant now, Sarah. I'm having Prince's many babies. Okay, congratulations. I look forward to co-parenting <laughs> dozens we'll get them and into the dozens best schools. of Princelings. <laughs> We're going to turn them into a family band like the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... For those of you who don't know the story of Darling Nikki, even though it was never released as a single uh, for obvious reasons, I think based on the lyrics that we just heard, this is one of the most famous and infamous songs from Purple Rain, largely because when Tipper Gore, future first, uh, future second lady of the United States, heard her 11-year-old daughter listening to this song, she was horrified. She was horrified that her 11-year-old daughter was listening to a song about a woman masturbating with a magazine. And so... This led directly to her founding the Parents Music Resource Center, which was powerful enough because of Tipper Gore's political connections to get before Congress and say that music was just filth. It is the least cool thing that your mother could ever do. <laughs> like ever. Tipper Gore is the least cool mom ever. And it is because of the PMRC that we now have parental advisory stickers on albums and we have the little e for explicit on this very podcast <laughs> in fact the the reason that all of that exists is because of tipper gore hearing darling nikki and hilariously a group of 15 quote filthy songs was released by the pmrc and this song was on it so was sugar walls co-written are written by prince uh for sheila e but also dress you up by madonna was listed on the filthy 15 mm -hmm. and i'm like how Caresses, anyway. who knows? I mean, I can see it. But like, also, <laughs> I guess the thing about Madonna is that you could see her bra. <laughs> yeah, it's rock Wait, and on. roll, actually... bitch. Just wrap the whole thing in a giant flavored condom and go think about something else. <laughs> Here are some of the other songs that were on the Filthy Fifteen. Um, in my house by the Mary Jane Girls. Uh -huh. Um, she Bop by Cindy Lauper. Yeah. Uh. A song by, oh, We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sister, uh -huh. which was supposedly too violent. Yep. Um, a song by the band Wasp called Fuck Like a Beast, which, okay. <laughs> That's about, uh, fine. Um, and then some shit that I've never heard of before. But anyway, but uh, right there next to Fuck Like a Beast were Darling Nikki and Dress You Up. Now, Sarah, the reason that I called for a clip from this song is that this song is so fucking sexy to me the it's just stanky 
like the rhythm, the raw groove of it, the the sparse instrumentation, the vocals, the the aggressive quality of the guitar. It's just this is one of the sexiest goddamn songs I've ever heard, and I love it so much. And it just, oh, I just feel sweatier when I listen to it. But for all the reasons one wants to be sweaty, not because one's been carrying boxes of Lacroix up six flights when the elevator's broken. And I. Just cannot get enough of this song. I hadn't heard it in far too long until we were prepping for this episode, but I've listened to it over and over and over again since it is my second place song, Eight Points. Uh, do we have any intel on how one actually masturbates with a magazine? <laughs> like, so I literally don't understand. Qu- like, is she looking at things that are in the magazine and jilling off or is she physically using the spine of the magazine i don't get how that works if she's physically using the magazine wouldn't paper cuts be yeah, a serious labial issue? paper cuts are not a good time i don't think i have no experience <laughs> in this area thank god um labial paper cuts just when you think you've heard it all <laughs> that's what the e is for ladies and germs <laughs> You know, you know what? Kids. <laughs> you you love the scent of the D. Oh. Now releasing a popular new fragrance, labial paper oh, cuts. Oh god, by it can also be used as a disinfectant. <laughs> um, I like this song, but I sort of like it for what it what it hints at or like other things it could be like, I actually think that line is sort of an unnecessarily um, clunky distraction because Mm. it's not like without a lyric that direct you, you ever really have any confusion or doubt as to what Prince is talking about. Like it can be confusing, but like you're, you're in the neighborhood of D always. Right. (laughs) <laughs> or church, or both. So, yeah, it, it, seriously, if you're listening to any Prince song, assume that D or church are involved. Yeah, it's like the church, the of church D. of D. <laughs> nice. Um, so I was struck by also how this is basically like a country song in structure. Like the mm. execution is Prince funky. And stanky, like you said, but it's basically a story song about a one night stand, right? So, yeah. So, um, like it's fun and weird and fun to listen to, but I just like there's so much it rolls in with so much baggage that that like the same way that you couldn't separate hearing "Let's Go Crazy" five hundred times, I couldn't separate like, uh, you know, let's formally send Prince to, I don't even know what, funky jail for implying that sex is involved in rock music, <laughs> or not even implying, saying it, um, and also encouraging masturbation, which good for him. So this one, like, I just couldn't pull those two things apart. So this one is number seven for me, three points. Whoa. Well, you know, it's been a while since we've had some good uh, disagreements in terms of rankings. So this this album is showing us that we can go all over the map. Yeah, but it's uh, also the, like, I mean, this album is like, there's so much of it. There's like one number one and one that's kind of okay. And then the others are like, it just depends on the day that you listen to it or the rankings could be totally yes. different. So 
Well, the patrons pretty much split the difference, and they put this song in fifth place, which gives it five points. Okay. Um, awesome. So next we have the song that neither one of us chose the clip for. It was the song on the album that we just decided there will be a clip. Uh-huh. Neither one of us has to call for When Doves Cry. When Doves Cry is. It is a clip. We, we must hear a little bit of it. This is the signature song from the album, no question, I would say. It was the longest running of the two number one hits. Uh, yeah, let's listen to a clip. An ocean of violets in bloom Oh boy. Um, so we made fun of this. Like it is easy to make fun of the images in When Doves Cry, um, which we <laughs> did as kids because we were stupid and didn't understand life um, outside of our own privilege. Uh, but this song is definitely one that like I have heard it a million times, but re-listening to it for this, it rose in my esteem. Um, there's like... I just love that he, his confident embrace of outre melodrama means that it works. Um, That he's just like, well, this is how I tell a story, like it or leave. And this is sort of like a, I mean, this is the end of Purple Rain, basically. He's like, this is how I'm singing the song, like it or leave. And they don't like it at first, but nobody leaves. And then they're into it. Um spoiler i guess if you've ever seen the movie uh this is like i mean there's like a lot of dark shit going on in here there's there's also fucking this vocal is amazing if you haven't seen the video in a while i recommend it because the like the last minute of it is one of the hottest things i've ever seen in my life the Mm, pants that's fair oh my god um yeah i really I think that this is a great work of art, this song. And it's my number two, eight points. The the patrons actually only put this song in fourth place and giving it mm. six points, which I found, I have to say, a little surprising. But again, do what you got to do. Sure. For, for me, I think the phrase great work of art is absolutely applicable here. The fact that he does tell a story about trying to escape a history of familial abuse and then decides that the only way he can make you understand the emotional context of that is to come up with the, as you said, outre image of a dove weeping (laughs) is so gloriously unhinged. And it is exactly right. I mean, it's, it's like you said, the, the emotion he's getting at is so big that you you cannot half-ass your way around it. No. And the fact that he creates that sick ass uh, melody line, dun 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 dun. I mean, like that line of music has the drama that the song needs, and those like drums, those sort of like 
creepy drum sounds. This song doesn't sound like other songs. Yeah. It is really, I think, unique in that no song sounds like this to me somehow. There's something about the chord structure, about the sound, the sort of air around the drums, something about it just, it is only itself. And uh, I can see that lots of other people have attempted to go for this sexy, tense mystery, but I don't know that anyone has ever made it sound quite like this. And um, I also think it's really interesting that of all fucking things, MC Hammer samples this song for his song Pray. We've got to pray just to just make, to make, it, make today. it today. Oh, God, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, Hammer, don't. Yeah, you, you're um, hurting us. Don't. <laughs> but then again, like you said, because sex is never very far, the opening of this video <laughs> when he's crawling into the bathtub and singing about his parents. It's and like, like okay. hats on the ground. Like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I'm Prince. I got this. And you're like, okay. Like, I love that there is always this sort of unsettling. Like, he's like, oh, he's going to bring this all together at the end, right? And he doesn't always. And you're like, well, okay. I, I mean, he just like, you know, people always used to say about The Wire that the show teaches you how to watch it. I think yes. that is very true of Prince. That he teaches you within a single song how to receive the song. That he's like, uh, it's yes. fine. Everything will become clear or not, but you're going to be okay. Which is like, yeah. it's sort of weird that there's this like um, academic comfort level <laughs> in songs that are supposed to throw you off balance. But that that just really gets at what a fucking genius he was. And this is a reminder to me now, 1984, the only year, as I've said many times before, that every Oscar nominee for best song was also a number one hit. Yes. Purple rain won the Oscar for song score, but no individual song from that movie was nominated for an Oscar for the best song category. So even though when doves cry existed, the Oscar still went to, I just called to say, I love you. I mean, like, if you look at contemporary reviews of this album and of Prince, it, like, just in the 80s generally, like, I, I mean, it's not for me to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Like, I, people were just like, that's way too black. You mm-hmm. can't with that. Also, why is he so short and what's with the mascara and how does he get those pants on? Like, yeah. I mean, people were I just that, super I uncomfortable and couldn't speak to why. Prince short-circuited a lot of things yeah. because he was a man who was very comfortable presenting himself as a sexual object uh-huh. instead of being the person as he who should have been women. because, oh yes. my God, much too short for me, but still would. <laughs> oh, my God. Totally. Oh, my God. Like, put on a high-heeled boot, call it a day. Great. Mm-hmm. Like, he was, he was gender, he was very gender non-conforming. He was very sexual, and his sex wasn't always about being dominant over women. Sometimes his sexuality, like all of us, but he just acknowledged that sometimes his sexuality was about being desired or ceding control. Mm-hmm. He was not in any way hiding from the funk and R&B roots of his music, like you said. So I think you're right. Like, he was too black. He was too effeminate. He was too queer. Like, he was too much for the Reagan era. <laughs> but uh, guess what? And that's We're exactly why the Reagan, Reagan era needed him so badly. It, him and Madonna yeah. to just be like, are we really doing this? I'm not like, we're not doing this. Y'all do what you want. 
Yeah, you know, this is, um, I'm going to reference something obliquely that will become clear listeners later, but there's recently, Sarah, you brought up the point that in the early 80s, like women were mostly wearing like big battle tank bras. And uh, it's easy to forget before Madonna came along that everybody just was sort of dressed like a, a housefrau. And uh, yeah, we needed Prince and we needed Madonna. Yeah, we did. So, uh, by the way, I, sh- I haven't said yet, but this was my number one. I realize it is the most basic bitch choice because it was the biggest hit, it's but not, I still though. think it's the best song. So, like, as we're talking about it, I'm like, oh my, should I like cheat on Let's Go Crazy and switch my rankings? Because this really <laughs> is like, I love Let's Go Crazy more, but this is, a, this is art. This is like, hang it on a wall, put a pin light on it, put a guard in front of it, art. So. But I actually think that's a great reason for you to not have it at number one. If you just love Let's Go Crazy more, great. Like, I do. You, you, you can't talk your heart into loving something differently. No, I can't. Oh. Well, that now brings us to I Would Die For You. That's the number four and the letter U. This was the fourth single from the album, and it reached number eight on the Hot 100. And it is a song that I didn't realize until this episode is just explicitly about Christ. Christ is who will die for us. Uh-huh. It's not about anything else. It's just about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> this but, you is know, a, it's a dope song. Yeah. It's like it. It's weird. Like here again, Prince is like trying to sort of shove us off balance. Like this is a deeply cynical lyric and a deeply singable song. Um this seems like it should be fun to dance or roller skate to. It's hard because of the syncopation. Um, it's a really fun song. Um, and then like for the last minute, it goes kind of static. Like he's just sort of trying to push you into a different stance. Um, and it works. Um, this is a great song. I hadn't heard it in a while. I feel like this is one that didn't, for whatever reason, like history has decided that this isn't the one that's on the oldie station. Um, yeah. You, like, Let's Go Crazy is always on the radio, but this one never really is. Yeah. Um, and it was such a pleasure to revisit it, especially in the context of doing a ranking episode like this. So uh, this is my number four, six points. Very good. And for the patrons, it was number three. With seven points. Yeah. And this this is the one that moved around the most for me. Uh, it got as high as number three, mm-hmm. then ultimately drifted down to number six, four points. But I love this song. Like, don't get me wrong. There are just so many good songs on this album. I would never be mad if you said, let's listen to I Would Die For You. I'd be like, yeah. okay, let's do. Yeah. That's what I'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... But speaking of songs that bubbled up higher, um, uh-huh. next we've got Baby, I'm a Star, which is the penultimate song on the album. And it's just basically a song about how awesome Prince is. Uh-huh. You know, everybody's got to have one. Yeah. And uh, this song is one that I pulled a clip for. So let's listen to that. <laughs> when I'm rich, I'm personality. Hey, check it all out. Baby, I know what it's all about. Before the night's through, you will see my point of view. Even if I have to scream and shout. 
again, he has the confidence to say, might not know it now, baby, but I are a star. <laughs> like, okay, you know what? You've convinced me. I love the cocky fun of this song. The The beat is hot. The vocal is growly and good. It's just a, it's a dope song. And um, Emily Giordamo, she of the champion, she of the many requests for this album, somewhere said, maybe it was on Patreon, that she feels this should have been a single and not Take Me With You. And I must agree, agree with her. I think this song is dope. Yeah. How My notes say, oh, why isn't this song the one that, quote, survives from this album? Like, why wasn't this a single? This, like, this sort of, I heard it and it was like, you know, I keep a little list as I'm listening to the album and things float up and down like you've been referring to. And with every passing bar, this was like ding, 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 like in the regular elevator versus the D elevator. <laughs> yes, an important distinction. I, this is one of those where this is like Let's Go Crazy, but it's much less um, uh, like uh, sophisticated in construction and much more straightforward. Um, but that's not a bad thing. And yet it's still very princey. That he's like, you know, I'm rich on personality. Like, oh, word, <laughs> are you? I hadn't noticed. <laughs> he's the goddamn best. Um, to Prince We Pray. This, to my surprise, was my number three, seven points. Yes. Yes. And, yes! I mean, I regret nothing. So good. Well, you know, I also think that you made a great point about this song being straightforward. And at this point in the album, if you're listening to the album straight through, we need an uncomplicated, yeah, straightforward we song. We do. And like, this is just a dope ass hit that I also put in what? Third yeah. place. Oh. And it called it comes back around. I know. We finally found on the field of bronze, we found our common ground. Time is a flat mast ass. <laughs> um, the patrons didn't agree quite as much. No, they no. put this song in the sixth place, oh, giving okay. it four points. Okay. But listen, I am so glad that you and I both agree. This is to me like the diamond hiding in this album. Yeah. And, uh, of if diamonds. If ever going to be. Say what? It's like an album of diamonds. Like, oh, a yellow diamond. Neat. Exactly. You're. <laughs> This is like the diamond with a slightly different shape or whatever. But if like yeah. there were ever a time when someone said, let's go just release an old print song as a new single, release this one is what I say. I would love to hear this covered like as part of a um, part of it, like a fundraising album or something. Ooh, yes. Right. Because, you know, I bet that there, there are so many people who could do an amazing cover all of this song. different like Miley genres, Cyrus like hip I would like to hear Rihanna do it I would like to hear yes you know Alison Krauss do it I would like Yvonne Element to turn it into a torch song like yes <laughs> I'm, universe hear our cry really <laughs> I actually would say yeah just 12 artists doing 12 renditions of baby I'm a star let's do it mm-hmm. weird Al <laughs> why not yeah with a little accordion on there do it yeah polka so again, that's third place from you and from me. That's So that's seven points each from us and then sixth place from the patrons. And that brings us last, but certainly not least, to the epic opus, the title song, Purple Rain. Yeah, I have a clip from this. Um, 
I would like to admit that as a kid, we remade the lyrics to this involving yellow snow, you know, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> sure. And then it's like, don't, you know, don't accidentally pick up and eat the yellow snow. Yellow snow. It, it's <laughs> yellow snow. This song is deceptive. Like, it seems like there's actually not that much to it. It's just this sort of torchy jam with uh, the occasional rad harmony. But the way each part, there are not that many parts to it, but the way they're put together and deployed and in what order um, is really something. So here is the title track. This is a little self-indulgent, I think, but um, he's like, well, I have eight minutes and I'm just going to do some screaming and also a lot of different kinds of guitar and also this beautiful harmony and this heartfelt lyric. Um, So, but it ended up right in the middle for me. Number five, five points. Um, I'll always have fond memories of uh, me and Pip and Red singing Yellow Snow in harmony, by the way, while waiting for Carpool to pick us up. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a good song, but I was good at three minutes, 13 seconds. I didn't need another week of screaming. You, you've you said it perfectly, yellow snow and all. <laughs> this song, if it were three minutes and 30 seconds long, I would be like, yes. Yes. Yep. 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 I, I just don't need five minutes of instrumental I, maybe I'm a maybe I'm a Philistine. Maybe we're all Philistines here. That's just how I, I mean, feel. Sometimes I do, but here I don't. And like I understand that, like structurally in the movie, there's like a lot of shit that has to happen in real time during the song to complete the hero journey. Yes, but like recut it for radio, please. I have to be <laughs> somewhere. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, seriously, like. Um, this, I, I, if, if you don't hurt, if I have to get out of the car and go inside to the dentist, but <laughs> so could this just hurry up and end please? Cause obviously I can't leave till it's over, but still help me. Um, yeah. you rinse and spit, rinse and spit. Oh shit. You know, Mark and Sarah talk about songs got sued and had to immediately evacuate the country because of their recent horrendous abuses to the <laughs> legacy of one Prince Rogers Nelson. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying he would approve, but I think he would understand. You know, listen, if he's going to let MC fucking hammer use when doves cry. Well, on parade, really, I think sp- and like he was yeah. alive during that. Like there's no, there's no excuse. <laughs> anyway, I put it in um, fourth place and gave it six points, and the patrons put it in second place Mm. and gave it eight points. I get it. Yeah, me too. 
Well, I have already prepared our final rankings, if you would like to hear them. I would. Shall we begin at the bottom of the de-elevator shaft? I would just like to say that these rankings have been certified by the law firm of Fuckery and Schemes. That's Do we F-U- cheat them in hell? Okay. <laughs> That's F-U-K-K-E-R-Y and S-K-E-E-M-Z-E, fuckery and schemes. <laughs> it's pronounced um, fakery, but okay. <laughs> With an umlaut in there, I don't remember where. Okay, so at the very bottom, tied, I guess, rather ignominiously for ninth place with six points are Take Me With You and Computer Blue. Mm, I tried. You did try, and you know what? Good on you. Um, it just, Computer Blue could not overcome those two ninth place finishes. Um, in seventh place with seven points is The Beautiful Ones. Uh-huh. And then we jump way up. So that's seven points for The Beautiful Ones, but then in sixth place with 16 points, a massive leap, is Darling Nikki. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, yes, in fifth place with... Uh, 17 points is I Would Die For You. Uh-huh. In fourth place with 18 points, just off the podium. One point off the podium, Sarah. Baby, I'm a star. Mm-hmm. Oh, in, that's too bad. In third place with 19 points, only one point separating them. Third place, Purple Rain. And then we actually have a tie for first. Oh. So there's no technically no second place. I'm giving a, do, a double gold, 23 points to both Let's Go Crazy and When Doves Cry. Okay, so I think then that because there's a tie for gold, that yes, we can put Baby I'm a Star on the podium with the bronze, I think. Baby I'm a Star gets the bronze, and it's one of the biggest stories of this Olympics. <laughs> it, it really is. Let's, <laughs> go like to, Jamaica let's go to Jim McKay a- with more. The thrill of victory, <laughs> the agony of D. Well, patrons, thank you as always for your ex- enthusiastic participation sarah i can't imagine another purple princess with whom i would have preferred to do this you're the only one for me thank you for co-authoring my uh fragrance line that i never even considered (laughs) uh launching on my own uh without whom etc and uh yes other listeners all four of you who are still here (laughs) after a dildo-shaped perfume bottle intruded into your thoughts this morning (laughs) for kids. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening, and uh, we hope that you'll stick with us, fragrance or no. Nine a winner. Got a hot hand. Place your bets, ladies and gentlemen. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. Need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at talksongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. To become a supporter and producer of the podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastass. And as always, thank you for listening.
Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Talk about songs. Talk about songs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.